club foot and pisses all over him. So yeah. it's just messy. We all know what Messi can do. A lot of flair, a lot of skill. People might forget the names, but the street certainly won't. We need to talk about the young people of today, specifically the young footballers of the Premier League. So I thought, why not have an episode dedicated to them for our awards show as we discuss the young player of the year? I am voting for you as Prime Minister in the next election. Thank you. I'm also I'm voting entered. for you. You need a £10,000 deposit, I think. So well, I will ship in 5p. No, that's not for you to do, Tom. I think it's for the listeners to um, buy us a coffee. Link will be in description. Um, so yeah, ten thousand pounds would be nice to get Jack as prime minister. After that inspiring speech, Jack, I think you should give us your um top five. Yeah. So as we did the previous episode, the uh, the bigger brother episode of the player of the year, we all have got our own list. Um, but we've already decided on a joint one. But where I went with my young player of the year list, so I went number one Mason Mount, number two Declan Rice, number three Philip Foden, number four Bukayo Saka, number five. Pedro Neto. So, Jordan, what was your five? I just like how you said Philip Foden. I don't know. I, everyone just calls him Phil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so, I think it comes as no surprise. Number one is Mason Mount. Number two for me is Reese James. Number three was Declan Rice. Number four, Philip Foden. And uh, number five, Saka. For me, I put in number one, Mason Mount. Number two, Phil Foden. Number three, Rice, number four, Saka, number five. I wanted Etsy, but I realised he wasn't eligible for it because we said he had to, there had to be at least 21 when the season started and he was 22. So instead, I've put Reese James in. Alex had a similar-ish list, but he had Greenwood in there, I think, instead of uh, like James or Neto. But yeah, what, what we ended up with, so we got Mason Mount, number one, Declan Rice, number two, Phil Foden or Philip Foden, number three, Bukayo Saka, number four, and Reese James, number five. So, I mean, we've already spoken quite a bit about Mason Mount in our previous episode. I think the fact that he, without going into too much detail, he made he made an appearance in, in that shows the sort of level that he's at. So maybe if we talk about them in, in reverse order this time um, and, and start with Reese James, he's come on a long way, hasn't he, this year? Mate, I'll, I'll put him second. Um, and the, the pure reason, because he just won at the beginning of the season when he was under Lampard, he kept our captain out of the team. Uh, who went on to win a Champions League with, you know, it, and he had a great season, Asper Equator, but Reese James was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, I, I'm not trying to dig at you, Tom, here, but you, you've seen when, I think, Zaha came to Stamford Bridge, he had him in his pocket the whole game. I, I think I was at that game as well, and he didn't get past him once. Um, Reese has done it against all the top teams. I mean, even City, uh, you know, no, I'm not talking about Champions League final here, I'm talking about when we played him, uh, at the Etihad, he was dominating. Uh, he had Mendy run, running after him, uh, you know, because we obviously played that right wing back position now. He had to mm. adapt to that as well, and he made it his own. Uh, and Reese, again, like Mount, like um, all the other Chelsea uh, academy boys, he's just he's become a first teamer, solid player, someone that you can rely on, you know. And I think it shows when you're playing in the Champions League final. Again, I know we're talking about the Premier League, but you to to establish yourself in that 
in that arena, in that um, you know, in the biggest game in world club football, I don't think you could argue that James shouldn't be in the top five. Personally, I think he should be higher. Uh, again, I think it's because he's maybe his position isn't the most attractive one. You're not going to talk about goals. You could you could you could probably not even talk about assists being a right wing back. But I think the job he's done at Chelsea um, under two different managers and in technically two different positions, three different positions. I mean, even four. He's sometimes even gone in the centre midfield. That's how good he is. He's so versatile. And I think the reason why um, James was picked for the Euros is because he can play that right wing back position, but he can also play right side of the centre back as well. Um, mm. I think just the versatility and what he's done this year for such a young young age. I think, I think people just look at him as someone who's already established, like they would have done with Trent. Um, yeah. And I don't really look at him as a young player. And people forget you know that he's what? still young. Do you know what? I think when you said they've pocketed so many good wingers, the closest I've seen to that is Aaron Wan-Bissaka, but Rhys James is just so much better on the ball. He gives you like an extra option going forwards. He's very comfortable on the ball, but he's still very good defensively. I think Aaron Wan-Bissaka was very good in the tackle and in the last-ditch tackle, but Rhys James always seems to be having a bit more control when it comes to defending. And he always yeah. looks like he's in control rather than making the tackle when you think they've got past him. Yeah. Sort of like Aaron Wan-Bissaka, there was a split second when you think he's going to get beaten and then he's won it. Rhys James just looks in control a bit more. But he's also very good on the ball going forward as well. Yeah, spot on. So I'm not happy that he's fifth, but I think obviously the average of it, he he, he de- definitely deserves to be in that um, top five. Jack, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I think, as you've said, he's very versatile um, and he's kind of got that, he's got that build that you're looking for as well in, in someone playing the right wing back because he's tall enough um, that, that he can kind of, you know, win win headers at the back post and things like that. And he's he's very strong as well, but he's also got that pace. Um, so as good as, as good as he is on the ball, he's also got all the kind of athletic gifts that you, you want in the in a defender really and that's probably why he can play a bit of centre back too because he don't look really out of place there um, I think he'll probably play there in the future for England because if if Carl Walker's if England do play three at the back and Carl Walker's sort of that guy at the moment I can see I can see Rhys James being that guy in the future and I think whether he plays there for Chelsea or not it's a different matter but yeah I, I think that's where he, he ends up in England actually yeah, he's, uh, he's got so much potential to be to be one of the best yeah he's quite a pocket rocket in it yeah it excites me it excites me what's happening at Chelsea so um who else to be here? We had so we had... four was Saka and, and the top four I think was in everyone's list actually. And I think they were all sort of in this order, other than um James obviously being being higher than yours. So Saka's at four. I mean you talk about versatile as well. I mean Saka for me he's best at the right wing actually. But he's great on left as well. And he's certain games when you're playing again kind of the likes of West Brom, Sheffield United, Burnley, stuff like that. Saka's probably decent back as well because you're gonna need a lot of the ball and you're gonna need um, to push men forward. So he's he's just got so much confidence uh, for for such a young player and he really a bit like Mason Matt, he really takes the attacking load for us and he's he's kind of been the one bright spot in Arsenal season really. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm excited because he's one of them where I think he's gonna go under the radar a little because of the versatility. Realistically, in England, he's not going to get many games because there's people better than him in every position, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're better footballers overall. And that, that's probably good for Arsenal as well if he, if he continues to 
go under the radar and not play every game. But I feel like Saka has been heavily relied upon at Arsenal as well. There have been times where, like I've seen on Arsenal Twitter, like he seems to be the one player that everyone's happy with and that he's consistent and he's always performing, which I yes. think says like how good he has been. If you're at Arsenal and people are relying on you to be a consistent and stand-up performer and to help your team win games. Yeah, I, 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 I don't um, hide that. I think he's a brilliant player. And I think he's so unassuming as well, um, in the sense that I don't think he knows how good he is yet. I also think that, um, like Lamptey was when he first joined Brighton, they, they both have that kind of, again, unassuming kind of look to them. In, in the sense that they're not really that big, but the strength they've got to hold and shield off a ball, the agility they, agility they have to to drop a shoulder and put a cross in, and to actually put a cross in that's good, not just ones that are just a hit, hit and hope. Um, mm. They're very good good like that. The only worry I've got for Saka, and I will say that I'm not, again, not a dig at um, you, Jack, but being at a club like Arsenal, I don't think he can move on to that next level like a Mason Mount um, or Foden would. I can see someone like Saka going to City, Man City in the future. Um, and if he does, that's when I think he will grow into that, that big-time player that he should be. But I feel like I feel like Arsenal, he could be held back a little bit, where where the other ones, I think, have got opportunities to actually grow as players. With Saka, I think it's a bit of a, an iffy one there. I feel like they what might be limiting Saka could be the tactics that Arteta's employing because they have this like weird donut shape where it's... There's nobody ever in the box. It goes around from one side all the way back around to the other side, but doesn't really have anything that happens. And I feel like that's probably holding Saka back a little bit. Yeah. So if he was to go to a team which has a bit more penetration going forwards, you could probably see him be more effective as well. So yeah. when he, you say he's quite unassuming, I wonder how much of that is because he's being held by. Yeah, good point. So yeah, I, he's a brilliant player. Uh, you know, and when I, I first saw him, I think it was in a Champions League game, and he made mm. this run. I can't remember. Was it Champions League or Europa League? Game? It must be Europa League. Actually. Absolutely. And, right. Yeah, uh, but he ran through the middle of the pitch, um, outpacing all, all these players, and then I think he banged it in the in the net quite from quite far. I can't, I don't I, I don't know the games. I don't follow Arsenal, but that's when I first saw him. I thought, okay. Maybe this kid's just getting lucky and whatnot. But the thing with Saka is consistency week in, week out, from what it seems anyway. Jack, you could probably back, back that if it's correct. But I think the consistency with Saka is what's making him, uh, you know, being, is what's making him being noticed, you know, by the likes of Gareth Southgate to take him to, to Euros and the fact he's in the Euro squad. I know there was talk about him potentially being dropped out, but the fact that, um, Southgate has taken him, you know, over the likes of Callum Hudson-Odoi, people rant and raved about for years, you know, the likes of Bayern Munich won him, but Saka's actually done it consistently week in, week out. Callum Hudson-Odoi may be able to run through your whole team, but he may only do that once in five games, you know. Saka mm. may not be able to do that, but the performance he puts in tend to be eight out of tens or higher from what I see anyway. Yeah, I feel like it's just a case of, he's still young, so he's still got a lot of time, but it's his next choices or what teams he plays for in the next few years or the managers that are at Arsenal, if you know what I mean, for the next few years and what they do with him. I think he's going yeah. to be the big telling point in his development. Oh, yeah. Brilliant plan. Yeah. Mm, yeah, luckily definitely. for us, I think he's he's on quite a long term contract. Um, well, fairly like we're not the best. I think he's got about four years left. So I think it would probably take a good fifty million or more to get to get rid of him. Um, but yeah, he's 
he's absolutely brilliant and I'm yeah, I'm so glad that he's with us because there was definitely talk last year before he signed the contract extension of him maybe going Liverpool or oh. something like that and yeah that's yeah that's good for us that he's not he's I feel not like Liverpool there. would suit him though to be fair like just to the way they play I feel like I know it's not ideal for Arsenal but it would be probably a good tie side for him to go to it probably suit him quite well yeah, you know, if they if they got someone very good up front as well, like Harry Kane's not really been linked there, but you know if they got like a Harry Kane or so, that'd be good as well for him. Mm. So we've got next Jack. So number three we've got is, and this was Alex's not just young player of the season. This was Alex's player of the season, <laughs> um, <laughs> Philip Foden. Mate, I had a discussion with it. I said I said in the group chat when I saw Phil, Philip Foden or Phil Foden as the player of the season for Alex. After seeing something on Twitter today as well, the, he has done he's done fantastic. Don't get me wrong, I put him in my top five as well. Um, his ability is un, unreal. His agility is unreal. The, the speed is unreal. Some of the things he's done on the pitch have been unreal. Like that touch that he did, I think it's against PSG, and he took it down from like really high, and then within a second of taking it down, he's dropped his shoulder and turned someone straight away. The ability to do that stuff. You know, the confidence. He plays like we would play in the park or on the street when we were young. Um, brilliant player. Um, there's there's no denying that. But I think the amount of hype that this guy is getting at the moment, and Tom talks about Rooney syndrome, I think I'm assuming what you mean by Rooney syndrome is is getting all his hype and um, you know, letting it get to you. And I, I like mm. Rooney, though. I think it, no. he, he will dec- it, it would decline. Um, I think his if if it gets too like he's getting compared to Messi's and stuff like that. He is not at that level yet, right? And he is not. I don't think he will ever make that level. One because I, I said previously that the English press will not make him. Will not get into that level. There will be times that you know it, if he gets that big, the English press will dive into his personal life. And I think he's already had off the field incidents with Greenwood, wasn't it? When he brought those two back. Yeah, yeah, that was when he so, was supposed to make his debut. This is what I mean. You know, he's not like not saying it's a major incident or whatnot, but I don't think the English press will let him get to any any England player get to that level of the Messi Ronaldo. I think he's got great talent, but I think his ceiling is limited because I don't think this league will let him get to uh, a thirty to forty goals a year kind of player. If we're talking Messi Ronaldo type players, here. I think the press, like I said, will be on his case all the time. Um, and I think he's at a club where oh, I was talking to you guys off off this, where they're in a transition period. And if you're with the likes of De Bruyne potentially retiring in the next, you know, not five years or so, or at least declining within the next two years, Fernandinho leaving, some old heads leaving, the squad, obviously Aguero left. I think the squad itself um, needs a reshuffle. I can't see Foden being the pinnacle of that team. I may be completely wrong, but with the the more experienced players being Sterling, he's going to have to really become one of the senior players within the next two years. I think you kind of see it now. I think he's kind of been embedded into that team a little bit this year. But I think next season, is when if he is going to make that step up, he has to show it next season. And like we're talking about the consistency with Saka, I think Foden needs to do it because there's been games when he's been quiet. I think because of the modern era, you know, you go on Twitter and you might see a flashy score from Foden. All of a sudden, he's the next best thing, next Messi, right? And then Saka's doing it week in, week out, but producing goals as assists. That's where I find it a bit hard to say, like, Foden is going to be this world-class player. To um, be fair, 
Foden is a little bit of a, an end product mag like. His actual his goals and assists, either if you did per ninety per game, even if you just look at how many he's got, because um, obviously he doesn't play as regular as, as some of the other boys on this list, because because he plays for Man City, but he's still got a good a good end product. I think. Yeah, yeah, the consistency in his performance is not not quite there. But obviously, there's a reason that we voted him so high, and he's averaged out of three, and that's a little bit because of when he's good, he, he can be very good. Like he can be better than any of these guys really um, at his peak. But yeah, he did. I think he did have a long, quite a, a streak. You know, when they started winning all those games in a row, um, mm. fifteen games in a row or something like that. 16. 16, yeah. I think he got about five or six goals in that period. So that's that's where most of his goals came. Yeah. I feel I'm like a... I feel like it's a bit harsh to say he's not being as effective. I feel like he is very effective on the football pitch. And I feel like part of the problem this year has been that, as you said, he's been quite in and out. So it can be quite hard for a player to gain any sort of momentum. But he is still being very effective. And I think he's played the majority of his games in the Champions League which even though we're looking at Premier League, when he has played, I still think he's been very good. And I feel when you mentioned about the Wayne Rooney syndrome, I think that comes from like peaking too early. So like your peak is more in your 23s and whatnot. And I think the way Guardiola has uh, sort of like held him, not held him back, but not put him in as many games. I think it is avoiding that Wayne Rooney syndrome. That he, I feel like he's got, I would like him to see him play more in the Premier League for him to really, really have that sort of effect. But obviously, I don't know as much as Pep Guardiola. He's managed Messi and brought him through. I think he'd done something very similar with Messi, where he didn't really, he sort of teased him in, if you know what I mean. So hopefully, we might see more results or more Phil Foden brilliant star performances in yeah. a few years or so. I hope, I hope, you know, I hope he does really well. I, and, you know, his potential. Like I said, I think his ceiling's high. I don't think it's Messi, Ronaldo level. I want to make that clear. But, you know, he's had 28 appearances this year. He's not in a Premier League. So it's not like he's not had the opportunity. You know, some of them, or probably maybe the majority of them, maybe subs. <clears throat> I don't know. But it's not like he's not had the, the opportunity to, to show that he's at that level. Um, the Problem way people is, though, he's, at a team, he's at a team where pretty much nearly everybody around his position is at that level as well. So then it becomes a question of, is it age? Is there other factors that come in? Like one of the reasons why Lampard failed at Chelsea was that he was only focusing on youth. And you had senior, he lost to senior players. I feel like there's a larger balance at play. Like you've got De Bruyne, you've got Sterling, you had Aguero, Gundogan, all these sort of players which sort of play that can play in that role. You had Torres who had just come in for a large amount as well. I feel like there are a lot of players who you could argue are Phil Foden's level, but Phil Foden is still quite young. For me, my counter-argument to that is because Lampard brought those players through, if you just go straight to the Champions League final, let's just talk about, you go, not just straight there, but I mean, those players there won this, the Champions League. So Mason Mount, right, he's clearly our number one. You know, he's at that level because he was given the opportunity by Lampard and he worked his way, made himself the the main man at Chelsea. I get what you're saying. Though, I think you've taken what I've said a little too literally. Um, I wasn't saying <laughs> that because that was more like the back line, like Lampard was playing Tomori and Zuma and then Rudiger and whatever got pissed off. And that's why he left. I feel like Mason, there's nobody better than Mason Mount at Chelsea in that position. Whereas if you were to take 
Mason Mount into Man City, I feel like, although he would make a very good argument, that's one of the reasons why he's above Phil Foden in our list, I still feel like there would be a lot more competition. It's whether he'll get another KDB. Oh, right, okay. He would then get over. That's what I meant. So it's like there's a lot more to it in the sense that uh, Phil Foden's got to compete against KDB, Gundogan, Sterling. Well, I think... You could argue Aguero and Gabriel Jesus if you're playing the false nine thing that he's been doing and Torres. But Mason Mount, there's less competition, but Mason Mount has been more effective. What I meant was the way Lampard... If you were to do what Lampard did with the defence at Chelsea, with what he would do at the attack at Man City, I feel like something similar would happen, if you know what I mean. Yeah, okay, I get it now, yeah. I think, um, you know, if I, didn't, I, I still think Fones had his fair share of opportunity this year. And like I know it just sounds like I'm berating him. Because yeah, it's a weird, it's weird. It's, 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 like, it's, it's, it's like, I know, because if you do listen to this back, so. I have, at the beginning of this conversation, I did say he's a fantastic player and, you know, he's brilliant. I just think the ceiling, when they're talking about Man- uh, Messi and Ronaldo, I think it's a bit too much. I do think he's a brilliant player. Don't get me wrong. I, I think, again, I know we bring it back to Euros. And what's nice to see is they're all English talents. Mm. I don't think any of them in our list, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, from anywhere else but England. So what's it, that's promising for the Euros anyway, or for England. Brexit football. That's it. Yeah. Back to Brexit <laughs> again, lads. I mean, our number two on the list should not be playing for England. Uh, should be playing for Ireland. Did play for three games. And then we switched allegiances. Uh, and that is Declan Rice. And that this is a guy that, I love. you know, if you don't if you don't necessarily know him, forget how young he is. Because he seems like he's been playing for about five or six years. Yeah. And he's the captain, isn't he? Well, Noble's the captain officially. But, you know, yeah. he, he's the captain on the pitch. Because Noble's often on the bench these days. So he's a real leader for his age. Um, he's just a fantastic player. And he's one of these guys that a lot of, a lot of Premier League clubs could do with him, you know? Like every Premier League, yeah, pretty much. Man City, you mentioned on this Arsenal. about Fernandinho, Chelsea to replace Kante when they do Arsenal, definitely we could use him. I think United is probably where you know he'd be He's best, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, we we often do talk about about when we talk about uh players at lower clubs we do talk about their next moves but I guess we don't need to do that. You know you can't he's, be out he's here. managed to get West Ham into Europe. Sorry, hold on. You cannot be out here saying lower clubs. Not as an Arsenal fan Jack. Sorry. Well yeah because we <laughs> talked about we talked about Saka going to Liverpool so yeah, I can. We've, we've already sort of said that, haven't we? And, yeah, and we're, we're doing it again with Rice. Um, well, you think Liverpool's a low club in Arsenal? No, I'm saying that Saka going to a, a kind of big, a bigger club in, in Liverpool. But, um, you know, we, we tend to do that when players, but, um, you know, he's he's doing well at West Ham. Alex would say that, you know, why would he leave? He's, he's, he's sort of already going down as a legend there. And he's become one of the top players. I'd say probably the best. I'd have him as the best holding midfielder in the league, I think. Probably he's taken over with it indeed this year. Well, I would argue that Fernandinho is still a better player. But I think Rice has been a better performer this year, if you yeah. know what I mean. I know what you mean, yeah. yeah. I, I agree with Tom. And I think um, I, I love Rice, man. I want him at Chelsea. I want him at Chelsea. And day dot. It, you know, he should, he should never have left. But um, he would complete that Chelsea side. He's such a complete player. I think I think you mentioned it, Tom. I think the only thing he may be lacking is that end, that pass. That I don't think he's got that 
range in him yet. You know, it, I wouldn't I've seen, say he I've has seen got the it. range. I've seen, I've seen him do think... it, but I just I don't yeah. think he's I don't think he's got. No, if I was to play him next to Kante, I don't know where the creative from deep is going to be. Comes from the wing backs, though, didn't it? I mean, this is where a lot of I think a lot of teams these days are are building through their wing backs, and I think it's something that Arsenal desperately need is um, is a proper proper right back, like top level right back attacking wise, because teams, you know. Uh, Teams, that's where they're going these days. So I think a little bit gone are the days of your Perlo type deep line playmaker. Definitely don't see as many of those as you used to. And and so Rice is is the you know well maybe maybe not the best in the business, but he's up there with the best in the business at doing the number one job of a sort of defensive midfielder, which is defending. Do you know? Do you know? What reminds me of and fun enough, it may be similar to similar situation if we buy him back. Um, the man, the Matic, when he was at his peak. Yeah, um, actually looks a bit like him, like his build, doesn't he? Yeah, it's just the way, it's it's the short, simple passes that he does, like you said, Jack. I mean, he, he definitely hasn't got that Perlow type to him, but he, um, that passes, you know, I think orchestrating the midfield, that's basically what they do in it, those those type of players. They kind of bring them forward. You see Giorgino do it all the time. Um, you know, they orchestrate in the midfield, bring them, bring defence forward. Uh, get those wing backs pushed on, and then just play that pass, them simple passes, and be there to to receive it and move it again into the centre. So yeah, spot on. I think he's another promising one for Euros. Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I think we've got a really good chance in the Euros this year if if Southgate plays it right. But um, four right backs, I don't think he will. But um, yeah, man, that that's a decent. We're not going to go and talking about Mount. If you want to talk, if you want to listen about Mount, then listen to the Player of the Year one. That's what I say. There's no point, is there? I, I think he's just. It just just say the next so clear. Um, I think he's so clear of, of everyone at the moment, based on the season he's had. Um, there's there's people close to him, I think, on maybe ability, but yeah, the the way that Mount being able to put that in that short end product and performances this season has been fantastic. Yeah, he's clear like a mountain. Right, I think we'll wrap that one up. Um, make sure you check us out on the socials as ever. After our podcast, we obviously got. The other episodes, that's the player of the year one, manager season, son of the season. But yeah, check that out and keep it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. 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 No, 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 no.